Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix like from the year we well what the I I I'm not even got co host Nick. Nick, oh I, we've, God, do, Nick. we've done this. This is our 49th time doing this intro. And well, I wouldn't expect you to know how to I, do it. I was scrolling. <laughs> thank you. I was scrolling through our show notes. And I don't know why, but I accidentally read more than I should have read. Uh, and it was bad. But uh, yeah, you're the coast, Nick. I'm the other coast, Jeff. And That's me. Um, you can also follow us at Tyler Sepp on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but not Snapchat. Uh, you can also follow us <laughs> Yeah, that was the other side. <laughs> yeah, no, I did bad. Anyways, um, okay, so this is a uh, podcast where we like to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. And uh, we do a really good job with our intro, like uh, 45% of the time, I'd say. It's yeah. probably somewhere around there. Anyways. Yeah, I think that's right. This is the correct assessment. <sighs> I feel like we need to come up with, so like we have this, this week I Hurt Myself, like as a good, reliable topic that we talk about. I, I do feel like we need to come up with uh, this week I had a socially awkward something something that caused me lots of anxiety and then I figured out a way to pass it. Uh, corner. Okay. Do you, you got any good names for that? Like while I think about no, how to explain this. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> if you can work on that over the next week, I'd really appreciate it. Because like this is like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a I'll get a good acronym that just rolls off the top of that. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. If you could do better than what I just said or better than our podcast okay. in general, like honestly the bar's pretty low. Okay, so okay, if fair. you can think of that, I really appreciate it. Okay, so here here's my here's okay. I feel so embarrassed. This this look this this more than probably anything uh, is the best example of the things that go through my head. So we recently moved headquarters. Recently, I mean, like it's been flipping a year and a half, but like half of that time was COVID. So we were at home, but we've recently moved headquarters for my job. And okay. the closest good coffee place that you can get to, in my opinion, anyways, at least by car, um, is uh, a place where if you go and you order a coffee... When you check out at this place, and like the place that we can go to is only drive through, like there's no there's no inside, like it's only drive through. So it's like the perfect uh, COVID friendly uh, coffee delivery service where you just drive up, make your order, drive off, etc. There's no other options. But what the what they do is when you go to pay, they ask you, "Do you want to leave a tip on the card?" Like when you give them your card, like do you want to give a tip on this order? Yeah. And I, Nick, I'm more than willing to tip people in almost any circumstance, and including this circumstance. But the problem is, I'm ordering like a dollar eighty nine coffee, and I can't for the life of me like tip less than like a dollar or two. Like, yeah, I, like yeah. what am I gonna say? Like, oh yeah, I would I like, like to tip that. you. I would like to tip you. 30 cents? I would like to tip you 20% of the dollar. Yeah, I would like to tip you 10%. Yeah, I would. If you could add 18% or 18 cents to my bill. That's pretty generous, I think. But, uh. Here's like a dime and a half. I'm really grateful for your service. Like, it is like every time I'm like, yeah, sure, just 
two dollars is fine that is add two dollars but it's like that's more than my coffee like what am i supposed to do I come here for the affordable coffee like i <laughs> come here because you are like the only honestly it's not even that it's the best coffee it's the only drive it's the closest so drive through coffee place Jeff, to where i work this is so and it's just like i I, I there was one time where they didn't ask me and it was like Oh, I would pay you so much if you could just like. Can I pay you like a hundred dollars to like never have to do this again? <laughs> I just oh, it like it makes me so annoying. You, you should say it like, hey, hey, hey! I'm gonna give a one-time tip of a hundred dollars to offset all of right. my tips. Please from tell now your friends. Forever. I'll take a picture. I'll, I'll print off a picture of my car. You hang it up on like the wall of no tips. Because I've tipped you so tips. much. And like you could just like every time I come, you could just take like a dollar or two out of the jar of no tips. <laughs> so and like good. you could tell me when it runs out this and I'll do quality. it with no questions asked. It, like this Nick is Nick quality. is so uncomfortable. like Yeah, I, yeah, no, it's because like I, I to, it's to like be honest this, with you, Jeff, it sounds pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> no, and it's like it, they ask every time except for like the one time like out of the like the half a dozen that I've done. But like when the, when they ask, it's like, do you, how much, or do you want to leave a tip? If so, how much? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't tip 200% at restaurants, Nick. <laughs> no, no. That's not? not typically Wait, a you thing. <laughs> you don't go to restaurants and tip them $20 on your freaking sandwich? The funny thing, the, the, the crazy thing is like, I am, I am not a cheap person when it comes to tips. I like not. I love doing it. I know it. you're not. That's not what I'm saying. But, I know. but, when but I'm feels, getting a coffee. It feels a little is, disproportionate when you're buying $2. a $2 product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. do I want to tip this person 100%? I don't like that at all. Yeah, um, yeah. So I did. Though, I saw the person in front of me today. Uh, they were paying with an app uh, for this place, and I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, Nick, there, there might be a chance that I could, <laughs> I could Get handle out. all of this without Get having to talk out. to them. Yeah. And Nick, you can, you can set your default tip percentage. Ah. Oh. And so when I I said it at twenty percent, I feel like that's perfectly fine. And now they just scan my thing and it auto reloads when I'm done, and I I feel a little bit bad because technically I am tipping these people forty cents on my coffee, (laughs) but like. I don't feel like it's fair. They no, no, put me just, in a very you, terrible you position. You just tell them like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I usually buy for the whole office, so uh, oh, it's just a default. I, you know, I don't bother. Not I just ever had that conversation, Jeff. You've avoided the conversation forever. You've done the. That's like the introvert dream. You've literally <laughs> figured but out like, the miracle. Yeah. But it's like it's literally okay. I feel guilty a little bit, but at uh-huh. the same time, it's like, yeah. hi, would you like to pay our prices, or would you like to pay like thirty percent more than what Starbucks would charge you? And like, I just I don't feel like that's a fair thing to ask me. Not like in, in the moment, like while I'm handing you my card, actually, it's, it's after I hand them the card. Like they already have the card in their hand. Like, do you want to leave a tip? I'm like, right. uh, why? Why well, would you do this and, to me? And, and the thing is, is I wouldn't even care like at all about that situation, except that it's if with coffee, it's like the, uh, such a regular thing. And like even then, it's probably like pretty irrelevant, right? Like it's pretty, it's it's probably a pretty low consequence dollar extra that you're adding onto your life. But at the same time, it's like 
every single time you can't have a conversation with them. You, you couldn't just have the conversation and say like, dude, I, I tip well. I tip, I've tipped you guys well, but I want to stop tipping a hundred percent on my coffee because it's, it's, just, it's just, I feel, I feel so <laughs> guilted into it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 100%. like I understand. Like, I, I do 100% appreciate you, what you've done. And I do want to leave something, but like, I don't feel like every time I should have to double up on the cost of a drink. Like that doesn't no, feel no, fair. Doesn't seem right. Like you doesn't just had to, right. you, all you had to do was pull down on the thing and then you hand it to me. Like that doesn't feel like it should cost double now. Oh, all they had to do. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> But anyways, I don't like tipping in general. Like, I don't mean that in the sense that I don't tip. But, like, I don't like the weird social parts of tipping in general. Like, yeah. it's just so weird. No, 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 I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that it's, like, really uncomfortable because, like, I, I don't know how to put it. But, like, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with the idea that, like, okay, uh, our economy is set up in a such a way that, like, our, our like, or not, I don't know if I'm comfortable with it, but like I, I'm totally. I understand that our economy is set up in such a way that like some low wage workers are going to get a lot of their their money, uh, like effective income through tipping, and like therefore it's like kind of like the right thing to do to support them, at, like when you are uh, patroning their business or whatever the hell. It's kind of weird. I think it's kind of strange, uh, but like you know, it's it's a thing. But the thing is. It's not like you like you can't like gracefully be like no I don't want to tip you today I oh no I'm gonna tip you a small amount like it's you're literally the person is watching you the person is in front of you and you're choosing how much you you like communicate that you value what they did for you it's it's really awkward it's I don't know man I I, yeah. I don't know if I explained that well but it's really like bizarre I don't know and like I honestly I would. I would be so much more on board for this if I was like at dinner and like I'm tipping on a $30 bill and I'd be like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd happily tip you like eight, $9, whatever. Like I'm right. happy. Like right. that's to- like for me, that works a lot easier. It's just like, here's your $1.89 coffee. How much would you like to tip me today? It's just like, uh, I, I, I wasn't prepared for this conversation yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, it feels so gross to say anything less than a, like a two dollars. Like it does. It, I, just, it feels like I would like to. It, I would like to tip you eighty cents. Like what am I supposed to say? It's terrible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly like it feels rude to even say like eighty cents or whatever. You know what I mean? It feels rude to say a dollar. Like I, I feel gross to yeah. say that. But like yeah. if I don't say that, then I'm saying like I would like to tip you more than what I paid the entire company that made this drink for me. Yeah. And like that also feels weird. Um, I don't know. I don't like that sort of t- tipping on super low, 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 low dollar amounts is gross. I like I feel very weird about that. Um, but uh, hopefully the app makes you feel a little bit less weird. But the whole thing I still feel very gross about. I feel bad. It's I don't weird. know. It's a weird world we live in, Jeff. Uh, That's what I decided. Tipping. Ah, so silly. Okay, Nick, uh, tell me what you got going on. Uh, Jeff, I have an update on WNBA playoffs. Uh, because really? I said, yeah. So I said that I was going to watch some of the WNBA this year. Um, I didn't watch very much of the, the regular season because I didn't watch freaking anything. Jen and I had, like I said, one show. We were five weeks behind on it at one point. It's only <laughs> eight episodes in. We're not doing a great job. Anyways, <laughs> more importantly. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably a good thing. It's, it just means I'm not watching TV. But I've been watching a little bit of the WNBA playoffs, and it is super freaking fun. And we are in the semifinals. It's in the semifinals right now. Um, do they do – they don't do best of seven there. They do no. something else. 
Yeah, so right now, um, uh, the semifinals is, be- is best of five, and round one and round two were both uh, single elimination, which was oh, like... Oh, man, that is intense. It, it kind of was. So I, I made the point that I was going to watch uh, the Phoenix Mercury because they've got Tarasi, and yeah, uh, we talked about Tarasi on here before, and yeah. she's a badass. Um, and then, of course, I, I didn't know that she was hurt for the first game, and I was like, wait, hold, hey, hey, guys, I tuned in. Hey, hey. Hey, can you ask her to play? Can you ask her to play her? No, that's not good. Uh, but she was hurt for for game one of the of the playoffs. But and that first game went down to a, uh, a like the buzzer, and then the second game went to overtime again off the buzzer, and then uh, they so they they the Phoenix Mercury hit advanced through the first two rounds of single elimination, both by like the freaking skin of their teeth. And then they lost to one of the two favorites for the season that have like really performed well, the Las Vegas Aces. Um, and they are playing tonight. Uh, actually, they probably just started playing. They probably just started. Yeah. And I've got a recording downstairs and I'm super hyped to go watch it. Um, the Aces in the first game um, had like three backcourt members just freaking pop off, including one girl who had uh, like 12 assists on like zero turnovers or like a, just a gross amount of like low amount of turnovers and kind of had that um she had like a little bit of that Kyrie flair where you're like how come Kyrie can just get wherever he wants and every time (laughs) he does so it's like every time he does so you feel like everyone else is not playing in the game at the same level and I I love watching that from anybody it doesn't matter if they're a high schooler picking on other high schoolers (laughs) so it's, it's super fun and entertaining uh yeah yeah so there's two best of fives going on right now one is between the connecticut sun and the chicago sky and that is uh chicago is winning that is leading that one right now one to zero and the other semifinal is between the uh las vegas aces and the phoenix mercury the mercury are down one to zero right now um Connecticut and Las Vegas were both like super favorites. There's their uh, the regular season standings were crazy. They're they're like twenty eight and six or something like that. Man, I'm trying to find see if I can get this recording started too because like I've uh, basically learned that I just need to take all your recommendations on sports stuff to watch because yeah, I had yeah, so yeah. much fun watching all the Dallas stuff last week. Well, plus we get to talk about it, right? If we both watch yeah. the thing, we get to talk about it. It makes it better. Yeah. Like sports and somebody else that watched the same thing that you did is like the best thing ever. Um, yes. Oh, what I was gonna tell you too is, so I decided to watch the Mercury side, and then uh, and I was like gonna try and watch the Connecticut Sun game. Um, because I was like, oh, it's semifinals, whatever. Let's let's do it. And uh, uh, there was a double overtime like thriller, and I didn't watch it. And I was like, guys, you can't do this. You can't like kill me with like giving me the double the the you know the double overtime thriller on the game I didn't end up watching like and I didn't record it was, it was like the only one I didn't record so far and I haven't found time to watch the other ones on the other side of the bracket um like there was a, a really good game too on the other side of the bracket that I didn't watch and I was like bummed at myself but we were I was already like a little bit removed and uh yeah yeah but long sh- story short both series look really like really close really good and yeah how uh, like does it have a similar cadence to NBA games where like sometimes you'll have like back to back nights and then sometimes you'll have like a two three days break, um, like when when is the finals actually expected to start? Um, the finals are expected to start in uh, like the second week of October. Uh, I, I don't actually know when the finals are, but I know that like if these games go to game five or if these series go to game five, they're both 
slated to finish on the 8th to the 9th, uh, the 8th. Um, and there is a two or three days, bet- or like there is at least one day's rest between each of these games. Okay. Um, and uh, for and but the weird thing has been so far that most of the broadcasts have been double headers, um, and that that's like the the cadence that they're continuing for the semifinals is like it's going to be double headers for all of these. So uh, like the the nice thing with the Mercury too has been that some of them have been uh, the later broadcasts for me. So that has been nice as well uh yeah because otherwise it's like a 5 p.m western time start yeah i do have now all of the the rest of the series and playoffs in general uh for the WNBA set to record uh so we if you if you're watching anything uh definitely hit me up i will be ready to watch i will and the other cool thing um that i have really appreciated from the WNBA side is um they have full game highlights that I think are more tightly edited and uh, that are more tightly edited that still have a ton of content on their website, easily accessible. It's like, to me, it's more accessible and better edited than the NBA's highlights. And uh, so like even the games oh, that nice. I, haven't, I haven't watched, I just like watch like a six minute click, like click through and it's like, oh man, Griner or not Griner, I guess, because I, I watched all Griner's games, but like, you know, uh, whoever had like a killer game i get to watch someone hit like six go six or seven for three or something like it's 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 fun there there's a lot of uh soccer stuff i've gotten into that way too like really tightly edited uh like well-produced uh highlights and you feel like you've watched an entire game more or less like to kind of get the gist of what happened without having to spend you know the 90 to 120 minutes to actually watch the thing uh right like everybody's going to go through a phase where they either are busy or feel busy, but still want to be connected to something with sports. And uh, like, I, I, that, that makes perfect sense that that helped you with soccer because like, it just makes the the whole sport feel more accessible. And I was a little bit daunted at myself. Cause I like had been trying to record some of the regular season games and like only ended up watching one. And I was like, man, two and a half hours. Like I never t- spend two and a half hours in front of the TV. And I basically have to like, force jen to be in front of the tv when she's like already like no i want to go do stuff and i'm like i gotta watch the WBA. well what it, what it could do is like really like even if you're not paying like you know the two and a half hours every single game or whatever um it lets you have a little bit of context when it becomes like the playoffs and then the playoffs get serious exactly and, like, you have that context where you are like you're emotionally invested, which means when the playoffs actually happen, uh, like it is an entirely different experience than had you just you know watched the occasional update on the ESPN app on the scores or whatever. Exactly. Um. Okay, Nick. My main topic: uh, the cuckoo's egg. Do you have any idea what this is? Um, this is straight out of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, a book I still am meaning to read. Um, let me check my, my notes yeah. here. It's, it's a little different. longer than I've been alive. Um, I was meant to read it in high school or something, I think. So um, I know a lot about it, basically. Um, that's all I know about the word cuckoo. I don't, I, cuckoo? I, I don't know. I, there you go. I don't know exactly how to say it. Um, do you know who uh, Cliff Stoll is? Uh-uh. Okay. So... <sighs> The Cuckoo's Egg is a book written by Cliff Stoll. Well, it was re- released in uh, the year I was born, in 1989. Um, but the, the story itself happened in, I think the this happened in 1986 is when this originally started. And 
Um, he was in Berkeley uh, College back in the, the 80s, and he was a person who was a, an astronomer by trade and was a person who had access to some of the computers in the Berkeley laboratory. laboratory. And he was asked to look into an accounting error of 75 cents on okay. their computer uses accounts. Having gone this far into it, uh, Mr. Cliff stole 75 cents Berkeley 1986. Any of this ring any bells at this point? No, not at okay. all. Okay. 1986, accounting error of 75 cents. Uh, he got, uh, got asked to like try to figure out what was going on. And he found a particular user that had used nine seconds of computer time and not paid for it. Back then, you would have to pay for every single like minute or second or whatever of computer time that you used. Okay. Like, because it was all like nobody had their own computers. Like you would have to, it was all like you would rent that time, especially of anything that was capable of computing anything significant. Right. And what he realized quickly was they were, uh, a, they were imposing as a super user on those computers uh, by exploiting a couple different vulnerabilities. And he's like a very eccentric guy and a very obsessive guy. And so he follows like everything that this guy is doing. And it's like, it's like the whole story is super crazy. And like, you have to read this book. It's called, like I said, the cuckoo's egg. But, um, basically what it comes down to is he's watching this hacker trying to figure out what they're trying to get into. And they are searching the Berkeley lab for any references to nuclear or, uh, strategic SDI, which is strategic defense initiative. Um, he also was like making copies of password files and like all, like he was like, it was like very clear. This was some foreign person trying to get into, yeah, what the hell <laughs> trying to get into Military us intelligence, intelligence uh, stuff. Like he is very clearly up to no good. And like was originally told like he was just being a little bit crazy and ended up being in uh, contact with like the NSA, FBI, etc. And like the whole story is super, super cool. Off a 75 cent accounting error. Right. Like it totally, oh, like a, a totally innocuous thing. It's just like, oh, this is a little bit off. Like we haven't charged somebody like what uh, they should be charged. Can you go figure out why this is? And this uh, astronomer nerd figured out, like, oh, there's somebody who's on here who shouldn't be. And then I like, got obsessed with it and dove real deep and uh, turned into an entire thing that is uh, – it is worth it is worth the read for sure. For sure. That sounds super interesting, honestly. Like, I, I – yeah. Like, that's super, super – uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like um that, that – what's the, the guy – I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There's a uh, one of one of the um one uh, a, a famous serial killer was found out because of um because of like unpaid t- parking tickets or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, which is like I love that kind of like w- weird random innocuous stuff that uh, innocuous stuff that like how in the world would that have been an issue? Uh, yeah, it's just or how would that have been the 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 hint the thing that broke the camel's back or like the thing that exposed some. Yeah, I, I find that. Like the way that our world is interconnected in these really minute ways to be super interesting. 
So as a person who's worked in IT, like I have found these sort of things really, really interesting. And this, the the book uh, is super, super great, and I do recommend it uh, like wholeheartedly. He is a very funny and weird and quirky author, but like the this was the th- this was computers in the eighties. Like he he does a great job of encapsulating that weirdness of of how that worked, but. Since since the eighties, there have been lots of other things, Nick, uh, that have been this sort of thing. They get more sophisticated, um, and eventually you kind of get into computer viruses and worms and etc. Yep. And I at the end of this, I'm going to talk about what my favorite one is. But I do want to like kind of give a timeline uh, up until that point. So that that's my topic this week. I want to talk to you about. People wanting to do not so great things using computers, uh, starting back when uh, you know, good old Cliff Stoll was looking at people in Berkeley. Malicious actors, or there's a term for this, right? Like, I, I, not, not, that, <laughs> not important. Sorry. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, I, I just gotta fly through a handful of these because, like. Here's the thing. I do IT stuff for a living, but I don't do security stuff for a living. So I don't I don't want to pretend that I know a ton about the actual technical part of these, but just more like the interesting like things that we've developed along the way and some of the weird things uh that were less maliciously intended. But anyway, so Nick, back in uh, the late 90s, there was the Melissa virus. Have you ever heard of the Melissa virus? I have not. So what the Melissa virus was, it really didn't do much except for propagate itself very, very well. So it was like one of the first like spam emails that uh, existed. Okay. So it was a message that said, here's the document that you asked for. And it had an attachment. And if you open the attachment... It would send this exact email to your top 50 <laughs> Outlook contacts. Okay. And it would also then open a ton of porn sites, which is super cool. <laughs> when was this? Uh, 1999. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so it infected like 100,000 computers like Just in the so first. You know, in my brain, I thought you said 89, and I was like, there were porn. I didn't even know Outlook was a thing in 89. <laughs> like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Um, so it infected like a hundred thousand computers. Um, it ended up having $80 million in damages. And the person who originally did that, uh, got 20 months in prison and a $5,000 fine. Um, they named it the Melissa virus because it was his favorite stripper from Florida, something, something. So super classy. Sounds like a good guy. Sounds like a good, good guy. Super good. <laughs> I was expecting it to be like a female like hacker. So, no, it's just some weirdo at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up uh, on the list is a similar virus uh, from a year later in 2000. It was called the I Love You virus. I assume you've never heard of this. Uh, I've heard of the I Love You virus. Okay, you have. Yeah. So what the I Love You virus was, uh, it was a very similar virus where you would receive an email. It was... Uh, done right after Windows started hiding extensions. So, like, if you had a .txt file, it would hide the .txt and just show you what the file name was. Yep. But, like, people weren't familiar with that yet. So it was like, I love you .txt, and then the hidden extension was .vbs, which was <laughs> Visual Basic Script, which meant that it could do all kinds of things. It literally did, like, uh, the exact same thing, but more effectively. It uh, affected 45 million computers in just a couple days. 
Um, and it sent it to everybody on your contact list and not just the top 50, literally to everybody. But the thing about it was it didn't just do that, which like, like the most of virus, like jammed up email, but I love you virus replaced like every, all like doc files, image files, music files, etc. They were all replaced by the virus itself. And so, yeah, not, not great. Not great. Not, Not great. Um, and it, uh, it cost $10 billion in damages, Yeesh. $10 billion with a B. Yeesh. As you, uh, said the, the damage, I guess it makes sense. Like replacing those kinds of documents and like photos and stuff. That, that's like high impact stuff. Yeah. Basically like if you had a, if you had the backup copy of it, it wasn't a big deal, but if you did not, like you were just out of luck. And for a lot of places that like were smaller or like less prepared for this sort of thing. Like they were just totally screwed. Like there was yeah. no recovering from it. Yeah, that. lots of people don't. I mean, and I mean, I know you're talking like we're talking enterprise level for that kind of thing, but like for uh, smaller businesses, but I mean, from a personal standpoint, most people don't back up, right? Like so. So a little bit later, um, there was uh, Slammer. Uh, any, does that ring a bell at all? No, Slammer, I don't know. So Slammer was like 2003 and like literally broke the internet temporarily. Um, it was like one of the first real big uh, uh, SQL injection uh, things, which is like really near and dear to my heart because that's what I do for a living is SQL right. stuff. Um, but it uh, basically exploited a thing in Microsoft SQL Server and uh, caused it to spread to other SQL servers uh, across the basically anywhere on the internet um it infected seventy five thousand servers Oof. in 10 minutes that is a lot that Oof. that is that is terrifying to me to uh-huh. even think about like as a person who works in it that is that is uh-huh. terrifying uh-huh. and uh thankfully it got caught quickly like the people the thing about all these are honestly like especially uh this one and the i love you uh exploit was like these were things that were like patched like the vulnerabilities were patched beforehand but just people hadn't patched yet oh Um, like these were vulnerabilities that were known they just by and large people hadn't taken the time to update their systems accordingly which is really understandable. <laughs> like, yeah, you you're you got lots of things to worry about. Uh, maybe installing the most uh, up to date version of whatever it is isn't necessarily a thing that you're super pressed on doing. Yeah, <laughs> so Slammer really it spread so quickly, it, like broke the internet. Um, there's lots of crazy stories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, at the end of the day, it wasn't quite as costly as the I Love You virus because it didn't like necessarily. Um, corrupt anything it was more that it just caused things to not run and work well but uh the person who actually did it was never caught um huh. it's crazy pretty weird. that is kind of crazy you'd think like with how sophisticated we are like the amount of resources that we could throw at cybersecurity, like internationally and stuff that like you'd find you'd find everybody so the last one i want to mention before i go into my favorite one uh, i mean if if you can put the quotes around favorite one and hard enough yeah um so this one was the first one that I had experienced that was like pretty widespread while I was actually working uh, in IT, okay. which was the the WannaCry ransomware virus. Yeah, I remember WannaCry. So, yeah, so it it was very weird because the actual people that seemed to have made WannaCry didn't really make much money. Like they made like a hundred k or something like that. Right. Which, 
if you're going to put yourself as a target for the entire world's worth of uh, internet security uh, people, it's probably not worth it. But right. um, it was uh, a result of an exploit that was found by the NSA. And I assume exp- that it's from White Hat uh people at NSA, right? I think I think so. And it ended yeah. up getting getting exploited by some uh less than ideal governments across the pl- uh, across the world. It ended up having a kill switch that was uh found and it was very very fortunate that that was found because it could have been a lot lot worse, but it still was extremely threatening. And I do remember being uh very very much aware of its existence back uh 5 years ago, 4 years ago. Uh, so WannaCry came out at the same time as a, another rant, piece of ransomware, right? It did. Uh, what was the name of it? Uh, it was 2017, give or take. Yeah, because there's something else, too. Because I, I, WannaCry wasn't the one that was abusing the uh, the Intel uh, architecture, was it? The other one was, right? No, you're, there was another one close to WannaCry. Anyways, Nick, I say, I say all of this lead-in to tell you the story that is my favorite. Um, my favorite... Uh, internet virus sort of story of all time. Tell me. And I, I'm not sure if you'll know this or not. You're that we I jo- like I've said this before. Like I joke sometimes about our age difference, uh, which is increasingly insignificant as we get but older. But there's moments in life that it was significant. There's you a know small, what I mean? small, small. There's like a thing. window. Nick, did you have a MySpace? Let's start with that. I did have a MySpace. You did have a MySpace. I did. Okay, there's a chance we may intersect here. Before I even go, do you know what I'm going to talk about? No, what? Do you you know about Sammy Kamkar? Sammy Kamkar? Okay, so so back in the MySpace days, they were the number one site on all of the internet. Um, And Sammy was, uh, he was a young kid, uh, young kid, I mean a teenager, uh, who was getting into coding at the time. And back then, there were tons of permission vulnerabilities, like uh, just with websites in general. Okay. And do you remember how MySpace worked? Like you would have like your top six friends and like you would add people and... Like, <coughs> top four, could... top eight, top, top six, four, top whatever, six whatever. is not correct. It was, so I just want to be clear here. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But one, of the th- one of the big things you could do, like uh, you could have at your, uh, like your main page... You could have like a little quote or whatever. I don't you remember could have exactly. Quotes, songs, all kinds of. Yeah, like, yeah, you could yeah. do all kinds of like real basic, like uh, secondary, like uh, like web page editing crap, right? So what he did was he wrote a script that if anybody visited his page, it would say uh, it would add to that. Uh, but most of all, Sammy is my hero, as well as. Uh, a piece of script that would invite everybody of that person's page to be his friend and okay. add that like so it would add that to their bio their, yeah and add everybody that was in their friends list to be his friend and <laughs> as you might imagine and so like anybody who would then visit their page would then get the same thing uh, but most of all, Sammy is my hero, and then invite everybody to be Sammy's friend. Oh, yeah, this is really good. Nick, this, this is Nick, high quality. S- this spread very fast. <laughs> so um, he did it uh, late at night. He woke up the next morning, and ten thousand people had become his friend. And an hour later, 50,000 people had become his friend. We're talking like early 2000s internet, Nick. Yeah, like that is a lot of people. That's really good. Um, 
he quickly realized like this is maybe bad and so tried to delete his MySpace and they said like they, like back then though you couldn't like just delete your MySpace like they had to be reviewed or whatever so like uh it had to be reviewed like and they said like 24 hours later we'll get back to you or whatever um like within like a few hours after that over a million people were his friend and then the site crashed <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, he tried this poor Sammy tried to save MySpace said I'm sorry I made a mistake please delete me they're like oh we'll get back to you oh we're down and we're down um, so like it's absolutely crazy um, but what, what happens later is even crazier in my opinion because like this is kind of the wild west of the days of the internet yeah um, he was like super worried uh, that like he would get in trouble for doing what he did, and that's why he like tried to delete his MySpace. And okay. nothing really happened right away. But six months later, uh, a bunch of authorities show up to a car that's like outside his apartment, and they're like uh, like trying to figure out if that is his, if this is his car, uh, and it was. And then they arrest him. And, what? or I'm sorry, they don't arrest him right away. I think they like go to his apartment, like take him to his apartment and they like literally take everything that could possibly be connected to the internet. Um, and then they, they arrest him and then, um, he goes to court and ends up, uh, originally getting sentenced to like a couple years in jail. I think he ended up with, uh, three, uh, yeah, yeah. Three, three years of probation with no internet. He was only allowed to have one computer what? during that entire three years, and it was not allowed to be on the internet whatsoever. This is really and, extreme. And he had uh, to serve uh, 720 hours of community service. What? And got a $20,000 fine. Like, this is like a, like an 18-year-old kid. I don't know exactly how, it was, how it was when he was sentenced. But, like, it th- that to me is just so wild. Like, a thing that was... Completely just like, like he internet had a mischief. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. It, like it, it was, was like internet mischief. And but like there was no real like rules or laws or anything about like what was okay or not okay. And he was made an example of, and it was just really wild to have somebody who like had a thing that made everybody say that most of all Sammy is my hero and added everybody him everybody added everybody uh who looked at it as a friend. Uh yeah, like, it's a goof. It's it was a, a goof. goof. And it did bring down the biggest website in the entire planet for a little bit. Yeah, but and, and that sucks, but like it was a goof, dude. Like it was not like a big deal. I no, feel so bad for this kid. I felt I like reading about it is so bad. Like he's definitely he's turned it into a career just talking about it. So it's like it's worked out as well. Good. Um but it is just like the fact that like some kid who knew a little bit about how to code stuff was able to do something, which if you, they act like the source code is out there. Like you can literally just go like a Wikipedia or whatever and read yeah. the source code. It's not complicated. No, like, this is a pretty glaring vulnerability with how websites worked back then. Right. And like, just to have that be something that could, uh, honestly ruin a young kid's life because of something that was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, in his mind, that ex- like exploded way bigger than he expected. And by the way, like even if he'd said like like I'm gonna destroy this website, he's like an 18 year old kid with a computer. He shouldn't have the ability to do so, and like he shouldn't have the ability to do so without. Like, I don't know, man. This is like very. I don't know. This this, this like bugs me to hear because like it sounds like 
not obviously not a victimless crime that's like way off base but but just it sounds like the kind of thing that shouldn't have happened and the only reason it happened to begin with is because of like i don't i, I don't know i i like am frustrated to hear this kid get punished so harshly because you and i both know that like lots of people get away with doing a whole bunch of stuff like like white collar crime is not pursued like very harshly at all and like uh, like, how does a kid end up getting this harsh of a frick, or the you know the book thrown out of this hard? That sucks. It does suck. So, <clears throat> I I did want to look at exactly how old he was, uh, just to give proper context. So, he uh, was born in 1985, and this happened in 2005. So he's 19 or 20 years old. So, yeah, that sucks, dude. That sucks, that sucks. so bad. Even if he was a prick, that sucks. That's it's too young. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now. He was 19 years old when this originally happened. So, yeah, that, this is so hard. And honestly, oh, man. That's, I, before you told me that, and, it was a great And it's kind of funny. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> right? Sammy, <laughs> like, adding at the end of bios, but most of all, Sammy is my hero. It's freaking awesome. In like, my that's mind, hilarious. In my mind, this kid just wanted to wake up and go to his, next, his college class the next morning and be like, oh, <laughs> I heard I was your hero. Uh, <laughs> like, that's all he wanted to oh my god <laughs> but turns out uh that was quite infectious uh poor poor myspace well glad oh, the, i'm glad the, ki- the guy it turned out okay for him <laughs> nick uh anyways we're going to go record our patreon only podcast which is the year we started another podcast uh you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash time i will say of all of them that we've recorded there's been 35 of them so far i think this is the one I'm most excited to record now, number 36. Yes. I think it is hilarious. It is about the NFL, and it is about picking teams that are going to win and other stuff. And I, I'm excited just to talk to Nick about it. But if you want to, check that out. Like I said, patreon.com forward slash TyWasApp. You can also follow us at TyWasApp on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, but not Snapchat. And you can find all of that at TyWasApp.com. Nicholas, thank you so much for botting with me. You are welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening.